0: Oh, good evening. For those that don't know me, my name is Thanks, Kirk. Is Greg, and I have the privilege of speaking, talking, sharing some thoughts with you guys tonight, and I hope you'll engage with me as we um, we look again. I just want to go over um, this whole thing called Revelation. I want to go over just the importance of it in our Christian walk because. You know, we can believe a whole lot of things. You know, at a a very early age, I believed that there was a God. I believed that Jesus was who he said he was. Um, But it really had no impact, no relevance on my life. And I'm sure there's many of us here tonight that can relate to that, that we can believe in things, but do those things change the way we live? The enemy believes that God exists... And he is purposely trying to pull down everything that God has in place. And so there is this thing called revelation that we need to receive from heaven. It's not something that you can muster up yourself. It's not something that you could actually sort of tick some boxes or do some things about. All you can really do is seek it. All you can really do is place yourself in a position to receive from heaven that God would peel back something, where he would show you something of himself in a spiritual realm. God's not of this physical realm, although he created it. God is a spirit. We are made in the image, so we are all spirits on the inside of us, aren't we? And that word revelation means apocalypsis, which means the unveiling, the peeling back of, the unraveling of, that you can actually see it. Not with your physical eyes, but sight comes It starts in the heart of a person. And because it's revelation, because it's alive, because it's tangible, it actually starts to form something in you. That's why it's so hard for people to come to faith in Christ. The Bible says that it's foolishness to those who are perishing. The cross, the thing that we believe in, is foolishness to a world. Why? Because without the spirit of revelation peeling back the cross and you seeing it in the fullness, it makes absolutely no sense. The Father needs to peel back, needs to draw you to a place through a spiritual encounter. It's something that happens supernaturally. That's why you can actually just fool your head with information about this book, but this book doesn't define you. It doesn't change you. You're not becoming the very thing it talks about. You just acquired a whole lot of information, a whole lot of knowledge, and that can be a step. I'm not saying don't read the Word of God, but we have to move from a place of information to formation to revelation. Because it's through that process that you actually start to become like Him. It goes from just believing in something to becoming it. It's where, to give you an example, someone who absolutely has a passion for non-Christian people, people who burn, who who hurt, because it doesn't matter whether they know those people or not, they've just been revealed, the Father's heart has been revealed to them, and you don't have to motivate those people one single iota to get them thinking and planning and strategizing how they're going to reach their friends. Have you ever met people like that? They do crazy things. They hand invitations into McDonald's people just to say, hey, put this up on the staff notice board, inviting them to come and hear A.D. and Pritchard. They're out there and about just thinking of ways because they've caught a revelation of the Father's heart and they are becoming this very thing. Compared to someone who you have to try and motivate to have a heart for the things that Jesus has a heart for. We're all on this process, I'm hoping, of change and transition to become like Him. So we discipline ourselves and we we, we do things that aren't yet natural in us. They're not innate. In the hope that this innate motivation comes. And this is the process that God would have us all on. The fact that it wouldn't be hard to be a follower of His. It wouldn't be hard to give. It's not hard to lay your life down. Why? Because you've caught the revelation which is feeding you. And so when the Bible says, lose your life to find it, that's not a negative, that's a positive. You embrace that because you realize it's defining you. It is good for you to lose your life. Isn't it? <laughs> no? No? It's the most amazing thing you can do, to lose your will and grab hold of His. But you must have the revelation of that to really fully engage with that, because you know what, that is the hardest thing that God asks you to do. And you can't do it in your own strength. You need the revelation of it to engage in that process. And I want to talk about revelation, the key to true knowledge. The revelation is the key to true knowledge. Greg, what on earth is true knowledge? True knowledge is coming to a depth and understanding of truth that it actually starts to change you. The truth actually starts to change you inside. Will you becoming part, it becomes part of who you are. That's why Jesus said, I am the truth. He is the living word. I am truth. He embodied truth. Wasn't separated from him. Hence, we are the church. We are not separated from the church. It's us. You don't come to it. We are it. Aren't we? Can you get what I'm trying to say? It's You embody this very thing. We are Christian. We don't do it because we have the revelation. It's who we are. It's like breathing. And so I want us to look at true knowledge tonight. Are we up for it? You see, look at this. It's revelation of God's truth that brings the truth to life. It's the revelation of truth that changes a person. We can know a whole lot of things or have a whole lot of information stored up in our minds, but without the revelation of this information, it really is useless to us, us and others. Jesus came, one of the main things Jesus came to do was to reveal His Father. He came to reveal to a world who His Father was. How many people know that a nation, this nation and nations need a Father? They need a Father's heart. We all are designed to receive the Father's heart. Some of us have been ripped off by not actually having an earthly father that God may have wanted us to have. And we have to move past that because that can influence the way we actually live our lives. Our past, our stuff can grab hold of you and you never can fully embrace what God has for you because your concept of a father is not the concept of God. And so you struggle to engage, you struggle to move into this thing called sonship. The fullness, the inheritance of who you are in Him. Because I know right now, some of you don't believe who God says you are. Why? Because there's this connection that needs to happen. A revelation needs to come. And it can only come as we seek Him, as we ask, seek, and knock and the Father promises he will bring those that ask, seek and knock. See, Jesus said, repent, change the way you think, because the kingdom is right at hand. It's here. But for some of us, it's a million miles away. But the reality, guys, is it's here. It's there. Why is it there? Because God says it's there. He designed truth. He says what's right and wrong. and He says change the way you think. Get a revelation. Transform the way you're thinking because you are a son. You are a daughter of mine. Which means there is an inheritance here on planet earth that I want you to move in, operate in. I want you to perceive. I want you to see in the spirit. I want you to be able to walk into rooms and discern that someone over here is struggling with depression and I can actually go and operate in a way and pray and pray a powerful prayer over that person and see that thing broken. That's the church of Jesus Christ. That's who we're all called to operate in. You can walk into a room and discern. And God starts speaking to you about a person. You don't even know them. And he says, just go over there and start talking. And you engage and all of a sudden this person just pours out something or you can, God speaks to you about bringing the kingdom through you to this person where whatever they're struggling with is broken. It may just be, just give them 20 bucks. For us to move in this, we must have the revelation of what I'm calling true knowledge that Paul talks about. See, I can't help but think that sometimes we've just turn this into an academic exercise you know we, we study it just to be able to say we know it in our heads but we don't move in the power of it we don't move in the authority of it it's not something that's got hold of us that is literally shifting us or forming us you know we say things like how many of you this I just want deep teaching Give me deep teaching. John 3.16 is deep teaching. How many people know John 3.16? For God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son, that whoever would believe in Him would not perish, have He turned off. That is deep teaching. If you get the revelation of it. You get the revelation of that, it moves you. You change You can have a love for him and others that you never had before. You can't get more deep than that scripture. Yet we put that on cards and and lolly wrappers and just, you know, it's just this little sort of whimsical thing. And we don't realize and we go, give me the the more meat stuff, Kurt, give me the meaty stuff. And you can't get more media than that. You capture it. You need the revelation of it. And so we've got to be so careful because the pattern of the world is information. The pattern of the world is store up just stuff. And yes, we store up good biblical truth, but let's get the revelation of this thing because it's the revelation of the thing. that Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. They transform things. They don't just it's just words out. into No, no, they, when you speak forth my word, the revelation of my word, it changes people's realities. And we're called to pray in a way that changes people's realities. Now, don't get me wrong, bread and fish prayers are cool. I pray bread and fish prayers. Meet my needs for the day, God, but let's step that up a level because we've got the revelation. Let's start praying kingdom initiative prayers. Father, how are you going to use me today in my world as I go about and I'm bringing your influence here? There is a person with demonic activity that I walk into a cafe and I know, and I can, through God, God in me can break that off a person. Do I see it? Am I aware of it? Do I have the revelation of truth? You see, we've got to get comfortable as a community that, And I say it as a community of people, of journeying together from one point to the next. God has got us on a journey, a transitional point. We had a a prophetic word over this house, if you weren't here, that said, the people that you were in your past are not who you are today. And the people you are today are not who you are becoming. Nothing wrong with the people that you were in your past, but that is the past. The people you are today, I'm transforming you, but the people you are today are not who you are actually going to finish up at. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean we're going to change the service time? Does that mean we're going to change the the day we worship on? Does that mean we're going to change these external things? No. It means the inside of your heart needs a realignment. It needs a shifting. It's an internal change, an internal transition for you to go from just doing maybe, and hear me here, there's nothing wrong with doing the what I call basic Christianity. We're called to do it. We're called to put food on people's tables. We're called to reach out to orphans. We're called to reach out to widows. Is that true? Yes, of course it is. But God's wanting more than that for His church on planet Earth. The church that He is building is a governmental church, not of politics but of the Spirit. It's a body that moves as one thing, powerfully like the Terminator. Who saw that movie? He was a powerful dude. This thing called the body of Christ, the church, where all, some of you are arms, some of you are legs, some of you are toes, some of you are shoulders, some of you are pecs, some of you are abs, some of you are shins, moving as one body in power and authority to bring the kingdom to earth. Is that mine and your revelation of who you are? And the role you play in that structure. And God gives us these beautiful typologies and says it's a body. Have a look at the body. This is who you're called to be. That's why it's never about just an individual thing. It's never about just turning up here and it's me and God. That's why, you, that's why the Bible says continue to meet together and be encouraged together. There's a lot of people that have this, it's me and God deal. Is that true? Yes, you'd have a relationship with him, but it's not just the thing. So revelation is the key to knowledge. Why is it that some Christians are alive and living full-on lives for Christ, allowing the kingdom of God to define them and grow them, and others aren't? Now, I guess there could be a multitude of reasons to do with choice, obedience, but I want to suggest the main difference is Some have caught the revelation of truth as opposed to some just know about truth. Some of us have a revelation of who Jesus Christ is and what he's done for us. And some of us just know about him. Some of us have been told about him. Some of us have read about him. And that's okay because we're all as a community to be going on this direction. No one gets left behind. No one's supposed to get left behind. And as we journey forward together, we've got to get comfortable that some might have more revelation than others and they're going to speak forth their reality because it's for the body of Christ, that the body of Christ would all journey together and God has given us gifts in which to do that. We've got to get comfortable with the fact that we don't know it all. We've got to get comfortable with the fact, you know what? As a senior leader of this church, I do not know this all. I do not know the fullness of who God is. I'm on a journey myself of discovering more of who He is. Ephesians talks about that. Paul says, I'm praying for you guys that you would receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that the eyes of your hearts would be opened, that you would be able to see way clearer than what you're currently seeing now. Because there is something amazing that is at stake for you if you can see it. Let me just read these words in Ephesians. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Truly knowing Him, having experienced Him. That's what that word means. It means intimacy. It's not just like a book that's, You know, I love what Danielle said to me the other day. She said, you know, sometimes we can think we know it, but really all it is, it's like a book that sits on a ledge. That's knowledge. No, it's about knowing him intimately, that you've actually experienced him. He is changing you from the inside out. It goes on, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, where the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. Let's just listen to uh, Ephesians one, sorry, Ephesians three, seventeen. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know, listen to this, the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. That there is a love that surpasses my intellect. And I can know this here through revelation. And so we are to be journeying as a community, as individuals, where we are coming into the fullness of this truth, the truth that sets you free. If you know truth, it will set you free. Yeah? Yeah? Knowing it, intimately experience it, it's designed to shift you. And we have to be moving as a community, encouraging one another. Going up to your brother and say, did you have any clue what God Greg was talking about Sunday night? No. Did you? Well, a little bit. Let's go and ask Fred. Fred, have you got Yeah, man, I got it. Let's do this thing together. This is what discipleship really is. It's not about having cups of tea and coffee, although that's part of it. It's about getting together, unlocking God's word, the spirit of revelation comes, and as a whole, we move forward together. God has given us gifts. You are gifted to unlock things in this body. But do we have the revelation of it? Question for us. Why is it the demonic knew who Jesus was, but his own disciples didn't when he turned up. Jesus arrives everywhere. People that had, were demon-possessed had demonic influence. The demon went, you're the son of God, and would bow down. And he'd tell that demon to shut up because his time wasn't ready. But how come the demonic could see it that the guys who hung out with him 24-7... We're saying things like, "Peter, who's this fellow that just calmed the wind and the waves? Who is he? Who's this guy that just takes a bit of bread and fish and feeds 15,000 people?" I mean, you wouldn't want to be part of me because you wouldn't want to ask the silliest question. Go on, you ask him. Who is he? Is he Jesus? He says to Peter, he says, uh, sorry, Philip, he says, Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I mean, you can't get more clearer than that, can you? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Do you know what Philip says? Show us the Father, then we'll know. He must have been scratching his head going, I love these guys. God, they're a good trial. Yet the demonic go, That's Jesus, the Son of God, the Son of the Most High, the All-Knowing, the All-Powerful. Why? Anyone got an answer? Very good. The spirits are operating in a spiritual realm. Jesus comes. They see who He is very clearly. The disciples are living in a physical realm. We have the Holy Spirit. We're called to operate and see in the spiritual realm. Like the demonic were doing. Like Jesus was doing. And so there's this battle. Because let's give the disciples a little bit of slack. They didn't actually have the Holy Spirit yet. They didn't have the baptism. The infilling of the Holy Spirit to be able to actually see and perceive and discern things at this level. So yeah, we're called, we live here in a physical earth, in this physical space. But do you know, as His followers, we're called to operate at a spiritual level. Seeing things, moving in things, being able to shift things, being able to pray in a way, God says, I've given you keys to a kingdom to unlock things. Do you have the revelation of that? Are you living in that revelation? This is who me and you are. I'm not making this up. It's what the book says. And we need to grab hold of that with two hands and fight for the revelation of it in the Spirit. Revelation brings us into the Spirit realm where we start to see and perceive things of the Spirit as Christ does. That's what a baptism in the Holy Spirit is for, a baptism of His Spirit opening our eyes to the Spirit. Come on me to in Matthew 17. i just going to show you something in Matthew 17. i just going to unpack um, and just give you some examples real quick of This whole thing of just sort of journeying and being on a process and really being comfortable on the process of sight. It's not, we've got to lose this thinking that if if we do think this, that this person is better than me, you know, because I'm not seeing this. It's, that's just kingdom of the world stuff. We've got to be comfortable going, you know what? The reality is that we're all growing. We're all developing. We're all in a process of understanding how deep, how long, how high is this love. And I'm on a journey of revelation where the more I journey, the more I'm intimate with the Father, this thing is going to be peeled back, it's going to be unraveled, and I'm going to see. And I want to encourage my brothers and sisters on this journey with me. And so we come together. I hope you're really hearing that because it's not about going, you know, I'm the man with all the stuff and you need to come to me if you want revelation because I'm the guru and God only speaks to me. Go to him go to him and God gives, you know, a book, giftings in which we are to speak forth. Matthew seventeen one to 8. just going to show you a picture where um, Peter was struggling in this whole concept of, of sort of journey and continue to journey. Six days later, Jesus uh, took him, um, sorry, six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up high on a mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his garments became as white as as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three tabernacles here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Let me take and build three tents. I reckon we should stop here, park here, and set up camp. Now, I'm just showing you something of the Spirit. I'm going to show you who I am, the coming King that's coming. I want to show you so you would capture something of a revelation. Understand that you the Jesus that you saw me as here on earth, as a lamb, as a servant, this is also who I am. I'm this glorified King that's going to come back. We know He's returning. And I'm giving you a glimpse did he have that sight or is he no? What's his natural mode? Let's build some camps and let's stop hub and make home. And that's what we do. Sometimes we can, we can set up, we want to set up home, and when something God's trying to show us, something new comes, or well, let's just say not new, but a greater depth of his truth, we go, no, because that's not my paradigm of my thinking. And we can shut it down and walk away. Does this make sense? We have to get comfortable as a community of going deeper with him here. A greater understanding through the spirit of revelation comes that defines who we are. It's like God has written it all out. We're on a process of discovering it more and more. So if you think it's it, you know, that what he did on the cross and I'm going to heaven and that's all true. That's it. That's the start. That is a starting point. Of the discovery. And we have to get comfortable as a community going through that. Without ongoing revelations, we get comfortable at the height we have arrived at. And we can settle for what we have and end up staying where we are. Or even worse, we start going backwards. I hope tonight that you're not going backwards in your relationship with him. I hope tonight that you are continually moving forward because the Bible says the church of Jesus is going from glory to glory. It says that the kingdom of God is advancing here. First and foremost, because the kingdom of God is an internal transformation of a person's heart, of his lordship, of his rulership, that we are being defined by his laws, his standard, his will over my own will. It says it's advancing rapidly And people that are aggressive, violent, the Bible even uses grab hold of it. What does that mean? It means that I'm allowing him to define who I am. I pick his will over my own will. I pick his truth over what my feelings tell me. I am being defined by his standard, not mine. I am a son of the Most High God. I'm not a loser anymore. That struggles with X, Y, Z. I'm not going to tell you what that is. <laughs> you can guess. Revelation is the key to true knowledge. Truly understanding that we are journeying on this process. Listen to what 1 Corinthians 8.2 says. If anyone supposes that he knows anything, he has not yet known as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. I'll read that out again. eh? Anyone supposes that he knows anything, he has not yet known as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, He is known by God. Two things. One, we can just once again cram our heads with information which puffs us up and we think that we are super Christian 2011. And we yield our sword and we don't really love. We're a Pharisee. We're a fake. We're a hypocrite. We can live like that, but God actually says here, you know, anyone who loves God is known by God, because God sees. God sees everything. So that's a challenge for us, because I have run into plenty of Christians that know a lot, but they don't look anything like Christ. They don't love like Him, they're judgmental, they're hypocritical. See, this thing is to be forming us into Him where you literally become love. So here's the challenge. We have to take the core foundational truth, Jesus the Son of God, Father, Son, Spirit. He died, He rose again. He's alive today. He's as alive as He was when He came. The foundational core things that never shift or move, and then we have to be like a child and receive more By faith, as God starts to reveal more and start to unpack things. Have you ever thought you knew something only to find out you were wrong? This is going to be embarrassing. I preached some things and then gone, just got a greater depth of understanding of that and I sort of got that a little bit wrong. Now, I know none of you would have. But if we think... I had someone say to me once, I've never preached anything where I've come to a greater level of understanding on what i preached. That scared me. Because that communicates that I've got my theology all locked down and I know it all and you can't move it. And we know this thing actually screams and tells us that that's not fully accurate because we're on a journey. Does God design truth? He painted truth. We're coming to greater depths of understanding of what's already there. So it's not new, it doesn't alter, but our understanding of it through revelation, because in this room right now, if we did a survey and we could see, I could tell you that we'd all have a different revelation of the love of the Father. Some of us would have a greater revelation of the Father than others. Some of us would have a greater revelation of who we are in Christ than others. Wouldn't we? We're not better than anyone else. Together, we move together. It's this beautiful thing called the body of Christ. Come, just come with me to Acts. What's the time? 27. Come with me to Acts. And I'll use this. No, no. Yes. Acts 10. I just want to make this point and show you this whole theory, this thought that we are to be ongoing in our revelation, our understanding of the fullness of truth. And it's uh, it's my lovely mate Peter again. Acts ten verses nine. Um, I'm going to read this out real fast, nine to sixteen. So this is um, basically there's this guy called Cornelius. He's had a vision. He's had a dream. He's a Roman official, and he's had this dream that he has to send for this man Peter, who's the the Apostle Peter, and he sends his servants uh, to where Peter is to come because Peter's supposed to be sharing some some things with them. So we'll pick it up in, in Acts 10 verse 9. On the next day, as they were on their way and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop about the, the sixth hour to pray. But he became hungry, he must be from the rock, and was uh, desiring to eat. But while they were making preparations, he fell into a trance and he saw the sky open up, and an object like a great sheep coming down, lowered by four corners to the ground. And there were in it all kinds of four-footed animals and crawling creatures of the earth and birds of the air. A voice came to him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord. Funny, isn't it? what would you do if God spoke to you and said, hey Peter, a voice came, get up Peter, kill and eat. You go, because you know everything. By no means Lord. (laughs) I love this picture. It just shows the, the nature of man, isn't it? How we think we are all together, got it all together, have it all in our little slots. I mean, I... I said this to God, I I said some crazy stuff to God. In my pride and, you know. By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything unholy and unclean. Again, a voice came to him a second time. What God has cleansed, no longer consider unholy. Now, PD's a little bit slow, but I do love him. This happened three times. And immediately the object was taken up into the sky. Okay, now just come with me to verse twenty-seven to twenty-nine. Twenty-seven. As he talked with him, so that some of these men have now come, they've connected with Peter. They're saying why they want him to come. Um, as he talked with him, he entered and found many people assembled, and he said to them, "You yourselves know how unlawful it is for a man who is a Jew to associate with a foreigner or to visit him. And yet God has shown me. Say, God has shown me. God has shown me that I should not call any man unholy or unclean. That is why I came without even raising any objection when I was sent for. So I ask for what reason you have sent me. So he's starting to get this picture but the revelation of it still hasn't made fully its full impact on him until you hit verses uh, down at 34 where it says, opening his mouth, this is when he's arrived, He's he's now gone with these men, he's turned up at Cornelius' place, everyone's waiting for him, and he says, opening his mouth, Peter said, I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality. What this whole thing was about was that God was trying to show Peter that the Holy Spirit was for the Gentiles. Jewish people would never go near uh, hooved animals. That's why they don't eat pigs and those sorts of things. So God has to show him in a vision. He has a vision. He has a revelation. And God comes and says, see this? Eat this. He's going, no God, no God. Why? Because his level of sight, his revelation is kept at this level. God comes to him three times and then he gets it. He was shown it. It's revealed to him in his heart. And then he says it here, I most certainly understand now. Guys, this is the Apostle Peter. This is the guy that was baptized in the fire, the power of the Holy Spirit. He's one of the main guys that builds the church um, when Jesus when Jesus left. The guy preaches and 3,000 people get saved. People touch him, they get healed. And he's arguing with God. When I saw this, it was like, it actually created a sense of freedom. It's like, whoa, how deep are you? How big are you? It's actually quite humbling. Jacob, in Genesis 28, he has a dream. God shows him these things in this dream and he sees angels coming down and down layers. And you know what he says? Surely God was in this place and I didn't have a clue. Think about this. Surely God was right here but I didn't have eyes to see it until the revelation came. That's why God could be doing a thing right now, right here in someone's heart and you don't have a clue what's even going on. Because someone's receiving something of God. And you're like, what? Ah, that was crap tonight. That was rubbish. And someone is just being downloaded. Why? Because their position of their heart, their hunger of their heart, they are seeking God. God can bring massive revelation. You know what? When, when either this is off tune or whether the lights turn out or whatever, because of a heart that's hungry. And listen to what Jacob says. He says, Surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know He was afraid. This is something that we need to capture the fear of God. The church today needs to capture the fear of God. And I mean that, I ain't got time to preach that tonight, but the accuracy of the fear of God. And he says, how awesome is this place? How awesome. Why? Because he just captured a revelation and it starts to change him. He's in the same place. He hasn't moved anything around. It's an internal alignment. See people, I did for nine years was searching, searching external things, trying to find the answers until God came. Inside change. People leave communities trying to find the things they're looking for. You know, you're never going to find it. Why? Because it's an internal change. It's never external. It's internal through the power of revelation. Revelation brings you into new realms of faith and experiences in God which define you as a person. Revelation enlarges the arena that our faith can function in. Deception shrinks our area of faith. The Bible says we are going, I said this before, from glory to glory. Revelation, the key to true knowledge. What's true knowledge? True knowledge is the truth that is revealed to you here in your heart that starts to form you on the inside. You can feel it happening. It feeds you. You know when the Bible says that man cannot live on bread alone? but on every word out of the mouth of God, it's literally to be feeding your spirit, your soul. It's tangible. And you can go, I know him because of this. I know him because of that. And when someone comes or you're put in a situation where your old nature would have reacted to either hit back, curse verbally, run away, there is another reaction. Why? Because you are being formed. You know when Jesus said, pray for your enemies? He wasn't having a joke. He was telling the truth. Pray for them. Love on them. And they're the red letters. How do you do that? Because you're allowing truth to define who you are. You actually can, because it's him in you. Okay, When John said, he must increase, I decrease. The more he floods into me, the less I get. And so I actually am being formed into the image of Christ internally, externally, so I actually live a life like the Christ. That's what it means when he says, I will build my church. I will build a person that operates at this level. That's a challenge for all of us, isn't it? And together, as a community, we embark on that challenge. You know, that is the greatest thing you can be invited to partake of. It really is. Son of the kingdom of the king. And Paul talks about there is a prize in a future kingdom that he could see that he was living his life towards. He caught a revelation of something in eternity that was bigger than heaven or before heaven that was so huge that he said things like there is this high corn, there is a prize, there is this thing that I'm moving towards and it's got a hold of me so much that I can see it here that I'm prepared to lay my life down. I'm compelled to go to places that others won't go. And the thing that amazes me the most is you know Jesus was whipped Once 39 times, Paul's whipped five times 39 times. He's stoned, he's shipwrecked. This guy was living a life of unbelievableness. You know what he says? Imitate me as I imitate the one I follow. Same authority, same Holy Spirit. He could see something, and he was moving towards it here. Now, as we go forward, we're going to be speaking more on this sort of stuff and just unpacking some of the prophecies, because prophecy is designed to to um, align us. It's the time the revelation of prophecy will define how you live here on earth, knowing that Jesus is returning is to actually, the revelation of that, that's what we're supposed to catch, the revelation of his return, is to empower us to live a life here, knowing our king's coming back, could be back tomorrow. Father, I just want to thank you, Lord, for tonight. I pray, Lord, that this truth that you've put on my heart tonight, God, I pray it would go deep into our hearts. I pray, Lord, that as I've spoken throughout the night and as we've worshipped, that you just, your spirit is just unlocking some things for people. I pray that this revelation of what I've shared tonight, what you've shared through me would come. And I pray, God, we would see through the eyes of revelation what it means to be your son and for us to grab hold of that and move in that, that we are born to be overcomers. We are overcomers. We are chosen, set apart, your workmanship, love defined by you. We have the full inheritance of the saints, Lord. No matter what our past is, as soon as we connected with you, you bestowed on us your kingdom. And so, Jesus, tonight, may that become our reality as we move forward as a community, encouraging one another in love to do this together. In Jesus' name, amen.